Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Now, I've never had a business plan. <gasps> Why not? And I've been in business for 20 years. <laughs> You're a brave man, Paul. <laughs> I bet you have got one. I bet you if you put it down on paper, I bet you have got one. <laughs> the Beat. Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show 2021. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there, and we're in our second year of business, Claire. I know. Happy New Year. <laughs> Isn't that weird? We're not quite a year old yet, but we've got, uh, I think it's uh, June, is it? We're going to have a birthday edition come June. We're going to have to, aren't we? Oh, totally. Yeah, summer birthday. So, uh, New Year... And a lot of people thinking about new ideas and new ways to do business or maybe even starting a business from scratch. And, uh, well, we've got some exciting um, conundrums to sort out, some exciting people to bring on to help uh, businesses grow this year. And uh, businesses change this year and evolve this year. I think that's important too, isn't it? It's important to move with the times, isn't it? And, you know, what a year it has been the previous year so you know we've we've learned haven't we and uh, we're always listening to how people are moving their businesses forward and evolving and changing and offering support i hope it's um, been a productive uh, 12 months for a lot of businesses and i know it has for some businesses and made them think differently and made them think about the big picture uh, questions within their business in the new year, it's making people think, right, OK, this year is going to be fantastic. By the end of this year, I'm going to be doing this, this and this. It's, it's that beginning of the year thing, isn't it? New year resolutions are making people think um, you know, how they're going to make their business grow this year. Yeah, and it's time to reflect, isn't it? It's a time to reflect, look back what worked, what didn't work and what, we, what can we do to improve it. And January is always that time of year, both, I think, professionally and personally. Definitely. So with all that in mind, what is our subject for today? Our subject today is when to bring in the experts. Oh, interesting one. And over the last six months or so, we often mention a thing called Big Little Business Show Bingo. If you haven't heard this before, most of our experts who have been on in the last six months or so have come up with common themes or common topics uh, that seem to thread through business. And we liken it to as lot as all the last night playing bingo when you know, we sort of say, oh, look, we've heard that one before. We've had that one before. And, and this is one of those themes, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, as we've developing our businesses you know moving and evolving there are going to be some areas where we are not so good at and it's about when you can actually address that and do something about it and to know when it is time to bring in the right people to support you and who have we got to help us talk through that today so we're going to be speaking to charlotte from pink spaghetti pa services so what they do is they bring in people and help businesses identify areas of need that maybe you need some expert support with so sometimes Sometimes we might procrastinate and put off things that maybe we don't enjoy or maybe we don't do so well and what they do is they look at the business as a whole and help us identify the areas of need that we have but most importantly who we can bring in to support us through those parts of our business to move forward in the right direction. This is the Big Little Business Show. So we have this thing on the podcast, Charlotte, called Big Little Business Show Bingo. And as we spoke to more and more experts on the show, we were finding that many of them kept mentioning the same stuff. It's like a set of reoccurring elements that successful businesses have. And one of those that pops up all the time is the importance of getting expert help from outside your own business. So let's ask the question, why is that so important, do you think? 
Um, and it's a really good question that um, a lot of businesses, um, whether they're small, medium, large, etc., um, it's important to recognise what your business um, is failing to do, or it's you can't haven't got the skill set to do, or you haven't got the time to do it, um, and that could be down to a number of things. That could be there's a new business opportunity, um, but you're not necessarily confident of how to go about it. Um, you know, business owners broadly do not understand what they need to do. Um, but like I say, they don't have the skill set or there may be somebody in the business that might have a slight skill set. But actually, you really need an expert to do that. Um, and then business owners, I think, you know, um, will always need additional resources temporarily um, to cope with new business demands um, and growth, um, but also to help them grow as well. Yeah, I mean, we can't all be experts with every single aspect of business. And I think, you know, we do all have skills that we gravitate to more and that we're better at than others. So what I would like to know is, what is your definition of an expert, Charlotte? I always think if I was looking at my business and what I would want in my business is that firstly, you know what you're talking about. So you have got a some experience behind it you can actually demonstrate what value you've actually brought to that business or that situation what the impact it actually had and what did you learn from it as well so you know did you learn you know actually I you know I can't do this or actually it has been a great experience or it, it may mean we need to change our business model or actually um, you know we've found a great opportunity to take our business forward but for me an expert is around you've got to have that experience um, you've got to be able to demonstrate that you've got to be able to articulate it and actually show what value and impact it has delivered and what it has meant. It's one of those words that I think gets really overused expert Charlotte don't you think <laughs> it, well you see it all the time on various different platforms of people calling themselves experts and what you kind of look at them and think what well, yeah really are you though mm. you almost have to do a little bit of detective work don't you to try and find out whether this person is the right fit for you and, and the, the right expert or an expert at all if for that matter there is a huge amount out there um, there's a lot of people saying they can do things but when you start to either talk to them which I'd suggest any business before you do, you know, yes, you'll look at you look at any um, business media or social media or LinkedIn platform to look at them. You'll look at, but also it's really important to see what people have said about them as well in terms of your your, your reviews. But have that conversation because actually, you know, we can be anything we want to be um, digitally, but actually when you get to speak to somebody or hopefully meet somebody, um, you know, that's when the real test is, I believe. So let's say you're sitting down with a blank piece of paper and you're thinking, right, I need to make some changes to my business this year and the first thing I need to do is maybe uh, get some help to make sure that I can grow this year what, what would you reckon the first step would be I mean should you uh, establish perhaps what you can't do or maybe look outside and look to find what kind of help is out there and make a fit that way which way around do you reckon is the right route I would actually go to back to them which is what I always ask my clients is do you have a business plan you know where, where are you in your business plan now a lot of businesses think they have and it's usually in their heads especially small businesses. Um, so have a look at your business plan. And are you on track? Great if you are fantastic. How are you going to, you know, so let's have a look at your short, your medium and long-term goals. And then by looking at those in more detail and what is the actual, like I say, the detail behind that, and then you can start to unravel what you actually may need in the business. So if you say, I want to achieve X, Y, Z in revenue. OK, well, how are you going to do that? Because actually you only achieved this much last year. So where is it you need some help in? And that could be, well, actually, you. so you've got that many customers. How are you going to get your new customers? So it's really, I believe you need to go back to your business plan. And um, so many businesses actually have a business plan. 
or they think they have. They may have a bit of financial plan for the bank, um, but do they actually have an activity-led, um, goal-based business plan? No, I've never had a business plan. <gasps> Why not? And I've been in business for 20 years. <sighs> You're a brave man, Paul. I bet you have got one. I bet you if you put it down on paper, I bet you have got one. I probably have in my head, but it might not be the kind of business plan that perhaps uh, back in the day you used to maybe present to a bank for a loan. It wouldn't be one of those things. It would be, you know, I mean, I could probably scribble it down on a piece of A5 paper. I mean, perhaps this is another podcast for another time is defining what what a business plan is. <laughs> I was just about to say this is a yeah. whole other conversation. So going back to your original say, your questions in terms of when to get the expert in, is actually to, you've got to be brutal honest with yourself and a lot of business owners and I know you know I'm I'm one um you know we do have an e- sometimes a bit of an ego and you, you think we think we can do it all especially small or micro businesses um and you know it's it's to me it's like I say to my clients is that okay well, what are you actually struggling with what is it that takes your time up or what is it that actually you don't you don't enjoy doing you don't know how to do it but you know you have to do it and that's the key thing is, you know, you have to do it. And there's a lot of people that know they have to do it, but don't do it. Um, and so it can be very simply just writing it down on a piece of paper of actually, what is it I think I need to do in the business? And then really putting it at the top of it, what's on the top of your list. And I bet you with people, if you look at, if you ask them to do this on a weekly or a monthly basis, the same tasks or the same issues will come up time and time again yeah so um that's the word procrastination isn't it where you just think i don't you can say it to the nightclub i cannot say that word i might not have a business plan but i certainly do that (laughs) yeah but i think it's 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 natural to do isn't it it's a task that we don't like doing i mean i for one do it first and then it's done do you think there's a, a particular thing in business that people struggle with um a lot, Charlotte. Do you see sort of, sort of common themes coming through with regards to particular, you know, tasks that people do find really difficult? Um, I think it's how they can actually. One of the things that is probably because I work on it a lot is actually is when I say to customers, you know, tell me about your business. What does it do? So a lot of people always go in and say, oh, I can do this, we do that, etc. And I'm like, well, okay. And what's the end? What is it you actually do? Now, they know they can do it, but actually, how do you articulate that? And why would somebody part with cash? You know, that's, just, that's, that's the million dollar question. Why is it somebody would part with cash to do this? So a lot of people don't very find it very difficult to actually really be articulate about what their business is and what it can do for clients. You look at some people's websites and you're like, actually, what does what is it you do? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen a few of those too, actually. So sometimes it's how their messaging is of their business. Now, I'm sure if they get them in front of clients, you know, whether it's on a Zoom or a face-to-face, they probably can do it absolutely brilliantly. But how do you actually converse that in a digital world? Yeah, and there's nothing more um, irritating, is it, by saying, well, what is it you do? And then then the trouble is you get frustrated and then you look no further. So, yeah, I agree. It's a really important message that. So... um, now, if someone's at crossroads and they're thinking, I do need some help, but are nervous about investing some money in order to, you know, bring in the experts, what would you what would you say to those people? Have a, you've got to go back to the credibility of the person that you're dealing with um, and looking at their history and what they've done, how they've done it, etc. But even say to them, look, if you are nervous about parting with money, you're more than happy to speak to some of my 
clients, um, you know, speak to them. Um, but actually what I do say to clients as well is that, you know, if I do this for you, um, you know, and I'm concerned because what we do is very much about saving time for companies and getting things done. If I save that time for you, you need to start thinking about what is it you're going to do with that time and how can you put that time back into your business? Now that could be you know, researching your competitors. It could be about self-development. Um, it could be going back to your clients. So I always think it's, you know, well, actually you need to really be concentrating on how you can add more value to your clients and potentially thinking about how you could win some new ones as well. So I can save you time, but with that time, what else could you do with it in your business? And you need to relate it to business rather than going, oh, I can sit back and have another coffee. <laughs> I can actually um, do something else in my business. So what you can do is then go look at, say, you know, okay, what do I need doing? Well, actually, if I do this for you, you can spend your time on that. And they're like, and how important is that? So it's actually putting the value on those things that you're not doing. That's almost a worthwhile exercise, isn't it? To do before you think about hiring an expert or getting someone in to help you with your business is to sit down and think, right, okay, which bits do I not like? Oh, I don't like that bit very much. So if I didn't do that, what would that allow me to be able to do instead? And then suddenly the idea of getting an expert in seems so much more attractive, doesn't it? Absolutely. And again, I use the word impact because I love that word as well is that you know well, what's the impact and what's the difference it's going to make to your business by doing that but again it goes back to your business plan but also if I'm going to be saving you bringing whether it be you know somebody to do your marketing somebody to do lead gen it could be somebody to do your bookkeeping etc you've got to be really hard on yourself I think and say well actually somebody's going to be doing all of this you've got to now have a plan as to what you're going to do now you've freed up that time so Charlotte really if I if I'm going to hire someone I want to relationship I mean I don't mean a relationship I mean a relationship a business relationship that um, sounded really dodgy <laughs> okay. that clear. <laughs> put that out there right there um, no but anyway if you're going to have an expert in uh, there's a fair chance you're going to be working with that person over a long period or a, a, a medium length period of time yes. so therefore you've got to be able to get on with that person and I remember last year you remember this Claire we spoke to Marianne Page about hiring the right help and uh, she made a, a big deal out of the importance of hiring someone who shares your values. So I guess if you're going to hire an expert, really you want to hire someone who sort of sings the same hymn sheet as you a little bit and understands how your what your frustrations are and you can almost work alongside you because it's a relationship, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, you're spot on with that. And the values is, are very, very important in business as well. So, um, you know, it's always important to understand, you know, what is it the values, you know, your values, your business values, you know, and if you were to market yourself with your values or your value proposition, you know, how can we extract that? A, have you got that? Do you know it? But also at the same time, is there a fit, you know, and do people have the same values as you? And it's interesting to see how, and I've done this exercise um, across a number of people recently. And, you know, we always like to work with the people you want to, whether they you're working in a team or you're working for them. And if the value is different, then you might not get the, um, the value out of what you're paying for as well, because you could be on a different page. And the last thing you want as a small business owner is to have somebody who's on a totally different page than where you are. Do you think uh, business owners who are maybe realise that they need to bring in the experts can find it hard to let go of some of their own control? I mean, I know that I have previously 
been guilty of this. <laughs> Just thought I'd say that before. Yeah. No, I've a, totally. a, a sense that you and I have been working too long now, Claire, because you now know what I'm going to say before I say it. I know. <laughs> I think also people naturally might feel, oh, I feel a bit of a failure if I've got to get someone in. So that's, you know, and I think that's natural. Uh, you know, you feel a bit of a failure because, you know, you're trying to set your business up, you're doing everything you can, um, running around, you know, all, all these ideas, spinning, etc. cetera. Um, but then all of a sudden it's somebody's coming in and it's probably to be fair, is reconfirming what you already know you need to do, but then is actually showing you a way um, to say, actually, we can make this a bit easier for you and actually show you some real tangible results in your business. So it's an ego thing too, isn't it, Charlotte? Yeah, you've, got, you, you, yeah. you've got to park the ego a little bit and say, well, look, I, I can't do everything. I'm not great at everything. I can't count. I'm useless at accounting. Um, and I, I'm quite happy to, you do that. That's great. I, I don't get me involved in that. Just tell me how much I've got to pay the tax man. Um, I, I'm quite happy not <laughs> to be doing that part of it but there are other parts which i i almost quite enjoy doing but i know they're quite time consuming and i almost feel like i perhaps need to go and park those and give those to someone else mm. and the fact that i haven't done that is perhaps because it's one of the things that i think commonly holds people back so you have uh, one thing obviously is the financial side of it the fact that you got to pay someone else to do the work for you mm. and the second thing is that perhaps you might feel that you could do it better yourself oh gosh yes and so and also it comes down to people don't like change and I've always done it like this. So why do I need somebody? And, and you know, and what difference is this going to make? Because I can do it myself. And so there's a fear of change. And there's actually there's a fear. And I think it's also it's a fear of trusting someone. And that's very hard. In but you know, it is still very hard to do in business. You've got to be able to trust somebody, and that takes time. I think. Yeah. And I suppose if you find the right person and you get a sense from maybe the initial meeting or the initial two or three meetings that actually, you know, this, I like, I like this guy, uh, I like, or I like this woman, I like the way they talk and, you know, I feel that they might be a good fit, then perhaps then it becomes easier for you to say, well, actually, no, perhaps they could do it better than me. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's very, very, very true, Paul, definitely. So, yeah, so sometimes it's a bit of an ego, fear and ego, but it comes with ego is fear. <laughs> so Yeah, very true. Um, what about uh, business owners maybe not being honest? Uh, do you think that some business owners might struggle admitting that maybe they can't do something something well and maybe kid themselves that they can? Do you think there's a possibility that they could maybe come through that? to realize that and bring in an expert oh gosh absolutely and I think small steps as well um you know you know uh, me personally I would never be going into a business saying I need to change absolutely everything it's those small it's, it's those small steps to you know to actually gain that trust and to gain that understanding yeah I suppose it is a relationship but like we said before uh, and I guess you can earn that trust over time and perhaps if uh, you as a business owner might be a little bit concerned about letting go of the reins and giving control to someone else for a certain task then maybe you just give them a little bit first see how they get on and if you know if you feel like you feel like it's going well then you can perhaps you know give them a little bit more yeah i know absolutely no i totally agree with that definitely you know and i wouldn't suggest to any business go go all guns blazing give give everything um just to one person because there may be and you might be um you know there may be something in your business you might need to try a couple of people you know if your website isn't performing particularly well and you need to look at a review that well actually i would be suggesting well we need to go look to your website provider what can they to do to help so you know you've got to get the right people in to do things um but rather than have saying somebody just one person who can do it all there's the whole money thing as well which we touched on earlier on and i think something you said earlier on charlotte which was kind of ties into that rather well is 
the fact that if you let yourself go of something and you don't do a particular task and hand it over to someone else, then that gives you time to do other things. So um, I guess that's one of the things that you could say would be a benefit even though you realise that you're going to have to spend money to get someone to help you do the do the work. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about, you know, you know, we talk about, you know, in terms of what we do as virtual assistants, we talk about providing more time, um, you know, but then I would, you know, but then what I like to do is to, to understand is what is that those business owners or, um, don't spend enough time doing. And, you know, and you can help them prompt them with areas that could be strategic planning, like I said before, developing themselves, you know, having a look at the competition or actually going out and saying, well, let's do some, market research of your existing clients and so that you know and that can still be so that time still has to have an ROI I think to it as well so if I'm saving you time what are you going to do with it where else do you, where do you need to put yourself in back into the business get yourself back into the game a little bit as well so if somebody's looking for an expert uh, how do they start how do they even begin to to find somebody in the first place, uh, what would you suggest? First, you can talk to people, you know, talk to other business owners. Um, we all go networking. Um, you know, there's a lot of resource out in networking. Um, so you can start to network, start asking other business owners that do similar things maybe to yourself or completely different and start asking for referrals. And I think referrals is really important. And then you can start doing, you know, take those names and then start doing a search on, you know, the LinkedIn, on LinkedIn platforms. You could start looking on um, Facebook. Um, if anybody hasn't got a social presence then you know I'd be questioning that <laughs> and that's where we start now we either go onto Google or we go onto Facebook to look for something um, but first as first if I was to look for somebody first it would be your own natural network asking people and even go networking yourself which is great for your own business but there are people in there that you know actually and you've got to get to know them over time you know they haven't done a big hard sell and pitch but actually I just like the way they are you know when we've been networking and I've actually built up some a level of trust there I think you know so that's always a great way I think. But we've been talking about or alluding rather towards uh, getting help uh, on sort of very specific tasks within business. But and this is something that, again, has come up quite a lot on the podcast and a lot of experts have touched on this. What about uh, getting someone to help with the big picture, someone maybe to help with the you know, the real nuts and bolts of the business? Uh, why, why do you think that's important? I think the nuts and bolts comes down to your operation is, is how you, what your business model actually is. And is your business model fit for purpose? Um, we know things change um, in the world. Um, we've seen that um, over the last 12 months. Oh, I hadn't noticed, have we? <laughs> <laughs> um, and is the bit, you know, things have changed. The world is changing. So, you know, sometimes we have to look at business um, processes. Um, you know, we have to look at um you know, our routes to market, we have to look, look, look at our, you know, our overall ROI of our business, but overall, we need to look at the business model. And sometimes a business model, and this is where sometimes bringing the expert in, and I think that's where a lot of business owners, you know, will need to change their business models to actually to employ more flexible resources, mm. um, and that need to, to adapt to demand. I bet every business out here, things have changed, you know, in the last 12 months, things have changed dramatically. And so business, their business model will have to change as well. Yeah, that's a very, very good point you've raised there is the fact that over the last 12 months, and maybe this is around the right sort of time to be doing it. Now, Christmas is over. We're thinking about, right, we've got a big year ahead of us. What are we going to do? How are we going to change things? Uh, now might be a good time for you to sit down and think, right, what do I need to change so I can move forwards considering the different world we live in? Because even, even when everyone gets vaccinated and COVID is no longer a real issue, 
um, the world has already changed and there are a lot of habits that people have got used to over the last 12 months uh, and they're not going to go back. Like, you know, like, like online retail is a lot bigger than it was. And I mean, I've heard a few people who have actually had their offices closed down never to be reopened again because working from home is now much more convenient and much more attractive. And I think businesses will have to come out of their comfort zones um, as well. In all my business roles that I've had, um, I've built relationships through face-to-face contact. And of course, you know, the last 12 months that has changed dramatically. And even for myself, um, you know, to do things on a Zoom call, I've got used to it now. But that was a big change for me. And it's how am I actually going to communicate with my clients uh, when I can't do things on a face-to-face basis? I mean, you only have to look at the sales model world now. It's like, well, do we have salespeople actually going out to clients? How do I actually deliver big projects? Can I not be on site? Do I have to do it virtually? So to make those changes in the business model, you know, to to some of the larger organizations, I'm sure that's been very challenging. But with small businesses, I think that's easier for them to do because they're a lot more agile because there's, you know, almost there's less to worry about because it's changing people's behaviors. Um, and that's the other thing is about, a cult, you know, you're changing the business model. You might have to change the culture of your organization and have you got the people in your business to deliver that. And that's sometimes where you need to get the expert in is actually I need to have a look at my culture. Really good. So look, here's a an interesting question. Let's say you do hire someone and after you've been, they've been working with you maybe a few months and you think, well, I just, this isn't working. You know, this isn't going well. <laughs> what happens next? How do you sort of, how do you sack someone? Uh, well, I think it goes back to your original approach and your methods and how you're actually going to review. And I'm a real believer in that every time you're, you know, you've got a piece of work, you've got some, you, you've got to still have a, a, to plan that. So if that expert's coming in for a period of time in their business, you still need to have a review period. Now that could be weekly, that could go to quarterly, depending on the length of the project. So you still have to communicate people, uh, sorry, to communicate with people. Now it may mean you change that review period from month, uh, weekly to monthly again, because it might be going well and great, that's fantastic. But also both parties have got to be a transparent uh, and you've got to be upfront with people. So, um, you know, if a client didn't like what I was doing, I want you to tell me, don't tell me at the end of it and you're not going to renew my contract. Tell me so I can deal with it now. I've, I've had that so many times where I've heard other people have gone there and said, well, oh, oh, I got to the end and I decided I wasn't going to yeah, use them anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but te- <laughs> that, well, at least let them fix it. But also, if that expert, what they need to be doing as well is even if the client might not be giving the feedback, ask for the feedback. Is this working for you? Are we on the Are we on the right page? Is it delivering for you? Where else can we support you? You know, has it delivered what we said it would do, et cetera? What's it meant to you? So it has to be a two-way communication between two parties. And it's like it goes back to your point, Paul, there's a lot of people out there. And because unless you've done that qualification or that, um, you know, uh, assessment period before you ex- employ somebody um, or, you know, to contract with somebody to do the work, um, you know, if you haven't done that, then I can guarantee it, it will come out in the work that, oh God, what have I done? I've been too quick here. And so what I would say to, you know, people that are looking to bring an expert in, actually say to them, have you got what you need from me? Is there anything else you need from me? How do you think the interview is going, by the way? Can we have some feedback on that? I'm liking the fact that I can't see myself. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, um, yeah, feedback. I I just feel that any feedback is good feedback because it's crucial. Because if you're not listening, then how are you going to do anything about it? Totally. So are there any... um, maybe three golden rules that you could offer to help people to get the right expert help. If you are wanting somebody to, I know, say, write content, um, 
ask them to see what they've done. Give them examples. You know, let's see what you've done. Okay, so, you know, that's one thing. We've talked about testimonials, we've talked about, but I also think go and speak to you. If you if someone has done a good job, then ask them, say, can I speak to your current client? That's true. I bet people don't even think of doing that, you know, asking people who they already work with. And referrals are so great. You know, usually if someone, you know, wants a referral from my client, I will always ask the clients and say, look, some, you know, I've got, I'm working with a potential client. They want some feedback. It's up to you whether you want to give any back. I'll leave it with you. Is it okay if I pass them on your details? Perhaps. This is um, another. Maybe Claire, we need to write this down. Perhaps as another topic, uh, how to get how to get referrals and how to get recommendations mm-hmm. and and appraisals. Because actually, getting appraisals out of your clients can sometimes yeah. be really tricky, can't it? But also, you know, why don't you do a quick video with a client? You know, we're now living in a, a digital world. Do a quick video and say, "Hi, we've been working together to, now for five or six months." You know. Just tell me, you know, a little bit about your business and how working with me, what difference has it made? Oh, it's a great idea. I know someone who's really good at those as well. Yeah, funny that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, We've come to that part. In the in the show, where we always finish with a set of questions, and uh, well, it's it's been such a big part of the show last year that we even gave out awards at the end of the year for the best answers. So, yeah, not that there's any pressure, Charlotte. So, are you ready for your questions? Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite smell? Oh my god. <laughs> um... Why do why do Claire? Why do all our, our guests squirm at this part of the show? <laughs> it happens every time. It's so funny. Um, oh god, you're going to think I'm a bit weird. Oh, we've had some weird ones. Yeah. We, we, we had burning hair once. It can't be any any weirder than that. I am <laughs> a massive horse fan, so it's actually the smell of my horse, oh. but the front part of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just something so comforting because I've been around horses all my life. I just love it. Okay, what about your favourite biscuit? Oh, that's an easy one. That's a wagon wheel. Oh, we know. I'm amazed we've not had a wagon wheel before. <laughs> so am I. And am I right in thinking, and this just might be my my memory playing tricks with me here, am I right in thinking they used to be made with, like, the fake chocolate and now they're real chocolate? Oh, I don't know. Oh, now you've... you... Do you remember the penguins? Yes. Yeah, and penguins used to be with pretend chocolate, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. What's pretend chocolate? I don't understand. What? It's, I don't know. How do you describe it, Charlotte? It's like it was like what? I don't know what was in it, but it was it wasn't real. It wasn't made with cocoa. It was like fake chocolate, wasn't it? It was. It was very sweet as well, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah. But penguins used to be covered in that rubbish. Yeah. Um. And but now they've obviously they've obviously seen the error of their ways and they've gone for the real deal. And I'm pretty sure wagon wheels used to be pretend chocolate. You're probably right. But I love them because you need to get a pack of six, and your mum would be like, right, you only have one, and you can guarantee it. The whole pack would be gone by the end of the day. Okay, right. So here's one of our new questions then. Dead or alive, who would be your ideal dinner date? Oh, um, Anne Boleyn. Oh, wow. Now, that's, we're out of the bag with a really good answer. Why Anne Boleyn? Um, I've always loved Tudor history. And at the time, um, it was a very dangerous place for women because women still couldn't have a voice. Um, and she was incredibly um, a clever lady. And the way she had been educated, um, uh, you know, as a young girl, she just her story just fascinates me of how she got to where she was. I mean, OK, she had her head chopped off. And I always think, well, you know, if I probably would have had my head chopped off if I lived in Tudor times. There, see, now that <laughs> so, now already this question is throwing up a whole 
bunch of interesting questions, sort of supplemental questions, because, right, so you're having a dinner date with Anne Boleyn. Are you going to be eating the kind of meal that she would have had in Tudor days or are you taking her to McDonald's? Yeah, I no, I'd want to go back. I I would want to um, go back in time, um, you know, and you know, to be in some fancy pants dress, etc. See how they lived, and then talk about the internet to her. <laughs> fancy <laughs> pants dress, I love that. I love that. Phrase. Fancy pants dress. I've never heard. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. It's a keeper, those. <laughs> it's a real keeper. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Is there any other profession other than your own you would like to attempt, Charlotte? I, always, I think as a child, you always want to run away to the circus. That's um, not really uh, not really a profession. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, or a profession. No, I'll tell oh. you what it would be. It would be a fighter pilot. Oh, good answer. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all, but great answer. It's only because I love Top Gun. <laughs> um, do, do you know, I've never seen it. You still haven't oh, seen on. it? Oh, no. No, I, no, it, that came up. I think it might have been James St. Pierre last year. It was one of his favourite films. And I said, well, I've never seen it. And it's normally you that does that with the films, isn't it? Yeah, um, always. Claire, you kind of, yeah, never, she never watches a film. But yeah, <laughs> Top Gun, never seen it. Maybe I need to see that. And then maybe picture you as Tom Cruise, perhaps, Charlotte. So some, some fantastic answers to the, to, to the questions, some really interesting insights. And I know we haven't touched on what you do and uh, we kind of left that until the end, really. So uh, a final chance before we finish for you to give us a bit of a plug and uh, oh, tell, us, tell us what you do and how people can get in touch with you if they'd like your help. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, yeah, my business is Pink Spaghetti. So my it's we're um, a specialist in virtual business support, um, helping um, micro businesses, small businesses, with areas in the businesses like we've talked about is where they haven't got time to complete certain um, tasks or um, areas of their business that they're struggling with. So that could only be anything from marketing to lead generation. Um, it could be looking at some simple process improvement. Um, anything that they haven't got time for but they actually know they need to do it so the whole point is that we can do that for you in a timely fashion and where can people find you so where do people find me um yep yeah, i'm very visible on linkedin um so it's charlotte doniger you can certainly email me which is charlotte.doniger at pink-spaghetti.co.uk or phone me on 07542-276-958. This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Do you know what I picked up a lot from that interview? But one of the things is the importance of choosing the right person for your business who's also going to share the same vision. Because on paper, we can all be doing the same thing but actually it's absolutely it's crucial to get the right person who's going to be sharing your own enthusiasm and who you can confidently pass across some of those tasks absolutely and all the while we were talking to charlotte i kept thinking back to that episode we did with marianne page if you want to go back and listen to it by the way it's called how to manage people and she talks about not only how to recruit staff but how to recruit contractors so if you're hiring someone to come and help you with your business then she kind of almost says that the process is no different to whether you're hiring a member of staff or hiring a contractor. It's You've still got to treat it like an interview to find out if those people share the same values as you and if you're going to be able to work with them. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, identifying how you're going to work together because it's not going to be the same for everybody. You know, it could be down to personalities, it could be down to understanding, it could be down to skill set and also 
speaking to some of their existing clients to really get some feedback from them. So somebody who's already working with them, I think, was a really valid point. And I love that thing she picked up with uh, almost right at the beginning, where she was talking about how you should sit down and think about all the things that you can do once you've offloaded and got someone else to help you with the other bits. Because it's, it, it's easy to think that when you think you might need an expert, you, it's easy to think that oh, I can't do that because I can't afford it. It costs too much money. But when you realise that by doing that and spending that money, it allows you to have more time to grow your business in other areas, then it almost seems like a a much easier decision to make, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, because otherwise you're... It's crazy if you think about it and passing someone across the task that you don't enjoy doing, and then you're sitting there having a cup of tea. So... (laughs) What, what's the point, really? Because you're paying somebody to do what you would probably be doing in that time anyway. So, yeah, effectively, how are you going to fill that void and how are you going to fill that time to use it wisely? Because the way I see it, you're duplicating you, really, because you're duplicating your time. And you can do that time and time again, but especially in the initial stages, is being really clear how you're going to fill that gap and be doing something that's going to be ultimately really an income-producing activity. Absolutely. So it shows the importance of hiring an expert and getting people in to help you run your business, not only with the the tasks that you can't do, uh, but uh, also some of the tasks you can do, but that take too much of your time and stop you from growing your business. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a really worthwhile um, avenue to explore today. Yeah, very important. And I think perfect timing as we start the new year as well. Now, even though we've made a few little tweaks to the show this year uh, with some different questions and some slightly different things, uh, we still have to big up a business at the end of the show. Every week we do this. We we like to give a little bit of a plug to a business or a person who has uh, been listening to the show or has followed us on social media uh, or has come and said hi. So uh, who are we talking about and who are we bigging up this week? I would like to big up Catherine Loveday. Now, Catherine Loveday works for Kids Inspire. Oh, looking this up. Uh, so where do, I, where do I get Catherine? Kidsinspire.org.uk. Do you do, do you do this, by the way? When you're, when you're typing something into Google or something... Do you, talk, do you talk, talk it, talk you know, it kids through. Kidsinspire.org.uk. <laughs> you develop another voice <laughs> that doesn't belong to you. It's kind of, kind of weird. If there's a microphone or a secret microphone in my office when I'm on my own during the day, uh, then yeah, people will think, well, he's talking to himself all day. What is he doing? Well, no one else listens But you do me. have conversations with yourself. I do it a hell of a lot. And maybe it's an old age thing. Kidsinspire.org.uk. There we are. It's come up. Yeah, so Kids Inspire, they do some incredible work to support uh, disadvantaged young people to turn their lives around and give them back their future. So any families or children that, you know, are struggling, um, I think particularly in the, in the last 12 months as well, they're an amazing charity who are always looking to support the young people across Essex um, who maybe are in need of some educational, social or... Um, Yeah, some moral support, really. Uh, Like we've probably discussed on this show before, uh, your formative years and when you're growing up uh, uh, really do shape the person that you become, don't they? They do, they do. And, uh, you know, sometimes people can feel very vulnerable at certain stages of their lives and I think it's great to have some incredible charities to support people um, along that journey. So, yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout-out because well-deserved. So go check them out and perhaps if there's a way that you think you might be able to help them or support them, then get involved. And that kind of wraps it up, our first episode of 2021. Uh, and we hope you had a great Christmas and we hope you're excited about what might happen in the new year and we want to help. Don't forget we have our Big Little Business Club uh, where you can get in touch with all the previous experts we've had on the show. Just go and search for Big Little Business Club on Facebook and you'll find us. Uh, don't forget 
it. Also, you can come and find us on social media. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Come and say hello. And whatever platform you're listening to us on, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. And leave us a review because that helps the biggest up in podcast land. And that pretty much does it for the first one of the year. Happy New Year, Claire. Happy New Year to you too. The Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production. Oh, that was nice. Is it me or does it, does it, do you feel like we're, we're getting better at this? I, just, I, I was just about to say, hang on a minute, I've just done this all, we've just done this all in one recording. <laughs>